Hi, this is Gary Washburn, pastor of Grace Tabernacle. Thank you for tuning to our podcast today. Our hope is that this message inspires you and builds your faith. For more information about Grace Tabernacle and our ministries, please go to gracetab.org and like us on Facebook. Now, may the message feed your soul. You guys get ready. This is going to be good. Amen. Um, Grace Tabernacle, I'll, I'll say this. I was just, thank you for worship, first of all. And um, those are two of my favorite songs. So it lets me know that I'm home. And I'm thank you for sharing that message. I'm actually, the, the message that the Lord gave me today, because I've been praying. Um, the pastor's been preaching about home, about going home. But I, I'm, the Lord gave me a word about home in the now. And she said, her message, her testimony, she said, I knew we were home. Amen? So the Bible calls you a spiritual house, a building, a household. And I'm going to show you today in Scripture how God, God brought you home. I'll say this to Grace Tabernacle. There, there's been people um, that have been here since the beginning. You've been plowing the ground for 20 years. And get ready. Your harvest is about to come, Pastor Gary. You're probably watching. You've labored 20 years. You've plowed and plowed. Get ready. The laborers are coming. The people, the, the unity in this church and the order in this church. I, I know church. I, I served under a bishop. It's, it's the right atmosphere. I give it to Pastor Gary, um, you know, to be with it, see his great-grandbaby be born. What an honor. You guys have a, we have an awesome pastor, amen? He, he makes this home. He really does. When he makes this come. I'm going to pray and, um, and get in the message before I pray. I want to pray first. Father, we thank you for today, God. I thank you that you give me the opportunity to minister your word. And I thank you, God, for Grace Tabernacle Church. I thank you for this family. I thank you for this home, God. I pray that those listening online and here, God, that they receive this word, Father. I pray that you open spiritual minds, ears, and hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, real briefly before um, I go into the message, um, I've known Pastor Gary eight years now. Um, the Lord brought me to uh, Wildwood uh, over eight years ago. He led me to, uh, there's a drug ministry program here called House of Hope. Um, which they're here tonight. I'd like to acknowledge Tyrone, the staff, um, the interns, Rob, and the students. Um, I always invite them when I come to that ministry saved my life. Amen. And, um, and Grace Tabernacle was very vital to that. I remember we would come to this church because um, we, we went to different churches. But this was a church where whenever we came, you felt the presence of God. Like, the presence of God was here. I remember one time they had an, an Eddie James concert here. It was a free concert. Uh, the worship was so strong that I, I remember that I had never worshipped like that. That anointing was so strong in this church that it broke yokes over my life. Like, this church carries that anointing. I remember that. It was another time that uh, Pastor Gary had a, a man of God ministering on deliverance. And the man of God came here, and, and, and the guy was teaching on, on deliverance and generational curses. And that day, I remember, it was an atmosphere that this church home would bring that you, where you would encounter deliverance. Amen? So I've known Pastor Gary eight years now, and uh, recently been through something. And um, the Lord had um, opened an opportunity for me to, um, to move here. Um, I cut the church grounds. I have a business. But um, Pastor Gary, the opportunity opened up. For, for me to move, like, this is home. Like, I literally live back there. <laughs> so I'm going to minister today on, on home, not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. So God opened the opportunity after knowing the man of God. 
he saw that I was in a situation where I was, and, um, and I always seek to seek glory, because God always puts you around where, where he wants you to become. I'm going to say that again. God always puts you around where he wants you to become and be. So, for instance, God brought me to a drug program, right, to get sober, one, because he wanted me to be sober and become sober, but also I was going to learn how to be a staff and become a man of God there. So he brings you to a place of where he wants you to become. So I knew that it was a sign in the natural and in the spiritual that this was home. I'm going to say that again, that this was home. I knew, listen, and I move around a lot, I'm sorry. But the moment that Pastor Gary, right, he gave me keys. Doesn't know me eight years, just a little bit. Says, move in here. He gives me the keys to the church. I'm going to say that again. He gave me the keys to the church. I'm an ex-drug addict, drug dealer. He hasn't known in eight years, and he gives the keys to me? It's humbling. But that was a sign to me in the natural that, that, that we were going somewhere spiritual too. If God gives you a key in the natural, guess what? You're going to get a spiritual key too. Say that again. And I'll prove that in Scripture. In 1 Corinthians, I don't have this on the notes, but it, I, I said this in 1 Corinthians 15, ver, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46. I want to give you that Scripture so you can understand it. Let's turn to that. It's not on the notes, so give me one second. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46. The Word of God, right? It says, um, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. Okay? It talks about the first man being Adam and then Jesus. So you'll always get something in the natural that's going to happen in the spiritual. Okay? So you guys moved home, right? How many call the villages in this area home? Okay, I almost seen every hand go up. Okay, so now he gave you a spiritual home. Follow me. Going somewhere with this. In the natural, he gave you a home in a neighborhood, which is the villages. So spiritually, what he do? He opens a door to a spiritual home. I got that. I got the keys not only to the house in the back, but I got the keys to the church, natural and spiritual. And then God's going to see how, when God gives you something in your hands, he entrusted it to you. He wants to see if you're going to be a good steward. Follow me. I'm going somewhere. I'm just laying the foundation. I'm excited to minister. It's an honor and a privilege, really, to be here and minister. I'll share this. Um, and then, Tyrone, I wonder, do they still do exit plans at House of Hope? I, wanted to share, I shared this in class. I want to share it here. Yeah. So eight years ago. I graduated a drug program, right? And in this drug program, you have to fill out an exit plan, right? So in my exit plan, I was like, I just wanted to leave. I'll be honest. My year was up. I was ready to go home. I didn't know even God had a plan with me. So, I mean, I came up with this great plan, right? My great plan was that I was going to serve at House of Hope, one, and then I was also the church I picked to because it asks you what church would you want it to be your church home. I chose Grace Tabernacle eight years ago. I wrote that on, I wrote a, Tyrone, I wrote that on my, on my exit plan. But the thing was, when I went to my exit plan, and I went into the meeting, the pastors picked me apart. They're like, how are you going to serve at House of Hope, and how are you going to serve at Grace Tabernacle? You got to pick one. I mean, talk about building my faith up. I thought I could do it back then. And then one of the things my pastor asked me, say, hey, did you pray? He said, did you pray? And I, and I had to be honest with him. I said, I really didn't pray. My bishop ripped the paper off and said, come back in two weeks. I ended up staying at that ministry eight years. But here I am, eight years later, God still gave me a desire of my heart. I always saw eight years ago that, grace, that there was something, a connection with Grace Tabernacle. 
And I'm here now. Amen. And, and, and we're here. So um, we're going to minister tonight. I'm going to begin in Ephesians 2.17. If you have your word, I recommend you go to it. I believe, yep, 2.17. I gave her that. Um, let me go. We're going to start at Ephesians 2.17. And 2.17 it says, um, And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. So the first thing I want you to understand, and I'm going to break these scriptures down, is the place you call home or spiritual home, you're going to find peace. I'm going to say that again. The place you call home and the spiritual home you have, there should be peace there. And here it says that it was peace to afar to those who were afar off and to those who were near. So it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, whether you serve every day, every Sunday here, or you have a class here on Wednesday, whether you're close or afar, guess what? You're near, you're close to God. There's peace. So again, the scripture wrote, says in 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. And then the Lord led me to another scripture that added this to Acts. Go with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 34. And that one should be up. Yep. Here we go. Acts 10, 34. And here it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive God shows no partiality. So it doesn't matter whether you're far off or you're near. God still calls you home. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter if you're far or near. God is drawing you to the Father. He is drawing you to a home. And then Peter goes and says, in verse 35, But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by God. So in every nation, in every household, in every, in every state, in anywhere, in any kingdom, right? when you fear God and you work righteousness, you're accepted by him. So something that the spiritual home should be teaching you or your natural home should be teaching is that we should fear him and work righteousness. Because that accepts him, whether we're near or far. I'm going somewhere with this. Follow me. It says, the word which God sent to you to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. So once again, he starts saying that there is peace. Your, your home, when you go home and lay your head, there should be peace in your household. My wife does a good job that when I go home, I feel the peace of God. When I come to this church, guess what I feel? I feel the peace of God. So whether we're near or far, one of the key signs that you know that you're home is peace. How many have felt the peace of God here? Listen, before I moved in here, I would drive here because he allowed me to keep my equipment here. I would feel the peace of God before I even drove in here. Because we cut the grass here. I cut it. I would do the grounds and I would feel. I would see Pastor Gary sometimes walking around praying. He'd be walking around praying around the property. And where we here on lawnmowers going by. There was a peace. I, I, I would probably say that he was praying and speaking peace over this land. The, 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 the elders and, and the people in this church, there is a peace when you walk into this church. There is a peace here. So, so follow me. We're going somewhere. We're going to go back to Ephesians this time we're going to go. Another thing is it said that he is Lord of all. 
the Lord is the head of the household. When you follow the Lord and he is the head, everything in the house falls in order. He has to be Lord of all. It said it in Peter here, it said it, it said it in the Lord is Lord and he is Lord of all. So we have to know in the, in the family, in the spiritual, in the natural, that the Lord is what takes, um, it takes place. It takes highest place. And we're going to go back to Ephesians 2.17. Now we're going to be in Ephesians 2.17. We're going to go to 18. It says, "For for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So through Christ you have access to a Father. Okay? Through Christ, we have access to a father. Wherever there's a home, there's a what? Thank you. Well, we hope so. There's a lot of broken homes. The devil loves to break up a house, right? But the father is the head of the household. And here we go, establishing that the Lord is the head, okay? Follow me. Verse 19, it says, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. So look at your neighbor, say stranger, and tell him your name, you're no longer a stranger. When we come to the house of God, we should feel like family. I'll say that again. When we come to the house of God, we're no longer strangers. It's sad that we go to church every Sunday and sometimes on Wednesdays and we come and we don't know who our next door neighbor is going through hell. We don't even ask them their name. Hmm. I'm a preacher. I can't minister. <laughs> My spiritual father, Tom, if they don't cut, don't preach. It is sad. And that, see, it doesn't happen in this church. The moment I walked into this church, you know how many people came up to us and said hi? <laughs> Pastor preaches that. that one of the, after we pray and we're on our knees and we're seeking God, the first thing was he say, now say hi to your neighbor. He's, see, Pastor, Pastor Gary's trying to teach you. If you pick up, a pastor's always teaching. It's one of his gifts. Pastor, Pastor Gary's a great teacher. So we got to remember, when we come to the house of God, we're no longer strangers, and we're not foreigners. Make an effort. I know, listen, I've been wounded in ministry. I've been wounded by life. Sometimes when you're so wounded by things, that you're just tired of getting close to people. I get it. But why would we not come to church if we didn't want to get close to somebody? God, one, we want to get close to the Father, which is God. We feel the presence of God here. But we have to get close to one another. Listen, you're not going to be able to do this alone. You're going to need a family. You're going to need a spiritual family and your natural family to get through what you're going through. Amen. You need it. So then in verse 19, he says, hey, he says, hey listen, now, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Now you are, you are no, you're, a, you're a neighbor. You're not a stranger anymore. You're not a foreigner. You're welcomed here. You're welcomed in the house of God. And then it says, you become a fellow citizen with the saints. You become a citizen of the kingdom. By accepting Christ, we're citizens. You know how many people would die to come to America? And become a citizen of the United States. What they, there's people in Cuba that get in on a boat and in the middle of the night and try to get, go over the sea just to get land on land and become a citizen of the United States. What more to become a, uni, a citizen of the kingdom? Amen. We should be getting on boats trying to cross over. Yeah. Nah, we got it too nice here. People fight for citizenship. 
Yet, we come to a church and we're, it means nothing to us. It says that we become a citizen, a citizen into his family. I'd rather be a citizen to the kingdom than any other state or country. I know that. The pastor's been preaching. We're going home. We're going home, right? He's trying to prepare us. And he's, pre- he's preaching the right message. This is the right community to be preaching that. And with all respect, genius, intelligent, amen? Some people, young like me, would be hesitant to come to a church like this. Hear me out. Like, oh, it's not young there, it's not hip. We criticize and we judge. Hear me out. I knew it was God that told me to God to come here. I've learned that elders carry a wisdom. So here's the youth saying, man, that church looks too old. I'm not going in there. It's too, too old school. And yet there is so much wisdom in this church to learn from people. That, that a lot of people my age would not walk through that door. And listen, I have keys and I've been praying. I've been praying over this room. I've been to this church where it was younger before. I'm believing that God is going to fill this church again with the youth. Yeah. And with young people. The reason why it's you. Listen, I've learned so much from the community of the villages. Do you guys really understand what you bring in the natural? People taught me about how to get clean, man. They taught me how to invest money. They taught me how to become a businessman. They taught me. I've learned so much from this community. What more can you offer them? And then spiritually. Yeah. Amen. You guys carry your wisdom that, that we need to hear. Hey, thank you. I look forward. I love to learn from elders. I've learned that. So we'll keep going. So we become citizens, right? The next thing is we become members of the household of God. So we're no longer strangers and foreigners. We become citizens, but we become a household of God. Whatever there's a household, guess what? There's a, somebody say, home. Father. Well, Father, home, but there's a home. In order to have a household, you've got to have a home. God has called us into a household, to the household of God. keep going. Verse 20 says the foundations having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Okay. Um, Whenever you have the, when the foundation is built apostolic and prophetic of anointing, you want to build on that foundation. This church is very prophetic and very apostolic. If you haven't caught that by the Spirit, I'm going to say it again. This church is very prophetic and very apostolic. It carries that anointing. But it has to be through the foundation of Jesus Christ. So, for instance, when we're here on Sundays, every now and then someone picks up the mic and prophesies. That's a prophetic. It's a prophetic statement. So what this verse is saying is that having been built, right, the household that we build, the house that we build is being built on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Okay, through Christ. It's very important that, that as we get deeper into the things of God that you start learning about apostolic. If you want to grow and really be a disciple, start digging into the apostolic and the prophetic. It'll help you grow. It'll help you grow. It's different 
It may not look traditional church. It'll help you grow. Apostolic anointings and prophetic anointings, it's a different level. It's a different intimacy. But Christ himself is saying, listen, the household of God, once you become, uh, you're not a stranger or a foreigner and you're a fellow citizen, and you become a member of the household, that having been built, it's on a foundation of the apostolic and the prophetic. The prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I want to share a scripture with you of what happens when you learn um, under the apostolic, um, um, yeah, under the apostolic anointing. It's Acts chapter 2, verse 42. See, yeah, verse 42, it says, and they continued steadfastly. I'm learning. I'm going to be like Pastor Gary. I'm just going to read up there and say I'm going to learn. And as they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of the bread and in prayers, it says that miracle signs and wonders happened. Right. Read it. The next verse is 43. It says that as they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or the apostles' teaching, you know what happened? Through fellowship or breaking of the bread and, um, and, and in prayer, signs, miracles, and wonders happened. I don't know about you, but I need a sign and a miracle and wonder in my life. Hello. So you want that? It says it in Acts. You follow it in that way. The apostolic doctrine, breaking bread. So that means, guess what? That neighbor that uses a stranger, you're going to kind of have to get to know if you're going to break some bread with them. It says the breaking of the bread. is That's when you sit. There's intimacy when you sit at a dinner table. I'm going to say, hello, there's intimacy when you go out to eat with somebody. Why do you think you take your, before you go, you take a girl out on a date to eat? Hello, there's intimacy. Why do you think you eat with your family? What happens when you eat with your family? There's intimacy there. The, Jesus understood that. The breaking of the bread, you have to be intimate. So, so sooner or later, we got to come to the house of God and learn what the apostolic doctrine is happening. But also, we got to break bread with one another. Amen. And then it says, then you're in prayer. Then they said that signs, miracles, and wonders happened. Right. We have it all backward. We just come to church and leave. We just come to church and leave. Break bread. Pray with each other. Some people may not know how to pray. It's the only sign they get to pray. I didn't learn. Listen, I learned how to be a bad man of God because God had to send me to a faith-based drug program. And then I began to be in the churches. And the church atmospheres is what broke the yoke over my life. The anointing. Amen. The house of God. You want signs, miracles, and wonders? Learn some apostolic teaching. Break some bread and pray. It's that simple. We over here, we'll go pay to go across country to a conference to an apostolic teacher when you can do that right at home. Right in your backyard. Let's go back to um, Ephesians 2.17. 2, Actually, we're in... Um, yeah, yeah, no, we're back in Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm on verse uh, 21 now. Actually, there's one more scripture that I have in my notes, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. You can go ahead and put that up. It says, having been built... Well, sorry, she went back. Go to the next one, the one that... Um, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Hold on, let's see if it posted. We just had it up there. I'll turn to it on my Bible. There's one more scripture I wanted to share. There it is, right there. Okay, we got it. I can stay where I'm at. So it says, For we are God's fellow workers. 
You are God's fields. You are God's building. You. Say that again. You're God's fellow workers. You are God's field. And you are God's building. Before we even go home to be in his home, he's in our home. Catch that. The Holy Spirit abides in you. This is his home. So before we even get to his home, he done seen our whole house. (laughs) Every room. Everything you have hidden. Everything that you're not ready even to give to him. You made him the temple of the Holy Spirit the moment you accepted him as Christ. It says that, for we are God's fellow workers. Listen, the church isn't built on Pastor Gary himself. There's workers in this church. I come, I live here, so I come and go. I see the board members uh, vacuuming. You don't see that in church. Board members stay in the board. I'm serious. I'm being, I'm being honest. You see that here. You see people, oh, there's always something. There's always a fellow work here. Somebody doing something. And we're God's field. A field, a field is something that, listen, with a field you can plant and harvest. With a field you can build. There's a lot of things you can do with a field. It says that we are God's field. We are God's building. Now we're back. We're back in Ephesians 4. Let's go to, to verse 21. Ephesians 4, 21. One second. Sorry, 2, 21. So in whom the whole building, verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So in 21, well, building a temple, when we come together, we build a temple for the Lord. Our houses all become one temple. That's why we gather. That's why we come to church. Okay? The next scripture we're going to go to will be um, 1 Corinthians 3.16. I'm going to turn to my Bible on that one. First Corinthians, let's go to First Corinthians 3, 9. And then we're going to read down to 16. Said, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another one builds on it. But let each one take heed on how he builds. OK, so it's important that when you come into the house that we take heed on how we build. Let's not focus on our neighbor. Okay? We come to church a lot and we're always more focused on what other people are doing in church than we are. Right. Focus on what God brought you to do here at Grace, where he called you to come into this home and where he called you to build. Okay? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flow. According to the grace of God which was given to me, a wise master, I have laid the foundation and another one builds on it. It's our job to build on that foundation. But let each one take heed on how he builds for another For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, or hay, 
straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work, what is sort of. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. We don't do this in vain. Okay? When you come into the house of God and build, at times it's going to feel like you're, what you're doing here is in vain. You're going to feel, because I'm telling you, uh, being in ministry and being in church as pastors and ministers, we get discouraged. Say that again. We get discouraged. Because, see, we want people to grow the way that we grow. And we're thinking that sometimes the process is going to be a little faster than that. And we come to church and we've, we've had the opportunity to teach or we've had the opportunity to pray for somebody and you're not seeing the outcome. It gets discouraged. Are you hearing me? You have to stay, not get discouraged. Corinthians 3.16. All right. If anyone's work, you see it, you get a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet he has through fire. Verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God that dwells in you? It's important that you understand that. I'm trying to lay a foundation to make you understand that we, God's home, we have become God's home. Okay? The, the Holy Spirit abides in us. Okay? So now we're going to go to 1 Peter. So I can establish this a little bit more. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. I've got to start wrapping up. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, it says, Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men. So we come to him living, okay? And a lot of us that come to church, we've dealt with some kind of rejection. Okay, when it says man, it means mankind. It could be man or woman. I want you to understand that. A lot of us that come to church, we've been rejected. And shape or note, we come here for a reason. We come to church wanting to find something. Amen? Am I the only one that went to a faith-based? You know, we come to church. We're looking for something. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, chosen by God and precious. You've been chosen by God and you're precious. Understand that says, you also as living stones, it calls you a living stone, not a dead stone. You're alive. Okay, you're a living, you're a living being. The Holy Spirit's a living thing. It says, are being built up into a spiritual house. You're being built up into a spiritual house. Listen, I do a lot of work in the villages. And I've been inside the homes in the villages. If anybody knows how to build a home and make a home, it's the villages. Okay? They do. You go into these homes, they're beautiful, they're in order, their landscapes are immaculate. So much in the natural, how much more that we should build up our spiritual home. What's in the inside and what's in the outside of the home, that's how it should look in the holy temple of God. You're being built up into a spiritual house. So my question to you, in a home, there's many rooms, right? We have attics, we have closets, we have different things. Where we can hide and put stuff away. In my spiritual house, I had a lot of things hidden that I had to really get out of that. Like at Tennessee, especially when we moved from one place to another. I'm sure you guys, when you moved, you left a lot of your also, but there were some things that you couldn't just really let go. You brought with you to the villages. Right? Yeah. So in the spiritual, what is it that we're hiding in the attic? Hmm. In the spiritual, what is it that we're hiding tucked away in the closet? Listen, after I got sober, the next thing God had to deal with me, which was even darker, was uh, lust and pornography. 
I had that hidden in my closet. So here I am. Oh God, I'm transparent. I'm going to tell you how it is. I get healed by God. I get delivered from drugs. I'm running a drug program. And in my attic, I had pornography hidden. Hmm. I had to go into deep prayer and fasting. God would never allow me to get behind this pulpit or, or marry a woman of God like Miriam if I had pornography hidden in my closet. We tend to do that. A lot of stuff in our past and in our natural, when we move from one place to another, we kind of hide that and we bring it with us. What more in your spiritual house? Could be anger. Could be alcohol. So many things we hide. Amen. Trying to get you to the importance of understanding how important we are to God. Our bodies and our temple are to Him. And we call home. This is our home. God's called us home, right? Yeah. Pastor Gary's preparing us to go home. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You've got to get that ready in the natural. Yeah. A lot of you already know this. A lot of us already get things in order, especially when we get older. My father, before he passed, he had everything in order. My sister helped him. So in the spiritual, what more should we know when, we're, when we know when we're in Christ, how we should get our house and our place in order? I want to share one more thing before I wrap up because I've been going kind of long, almost an hour. And, um, but uh, another scripture that, that um, the Lord gave was Matthew 12, 43. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Give me a second because I want to read the whole thing. This is important. Of when we start cleaning out our spiritual house, our home, what God dwells in, when we start cleaning that attic out in that closet... It's very important because the devil always comes back. Matthew 14, where are we at? Yeah, Matthew 4, well, 12.43. I had to get ready, yeah. Matthew 12.43. It reads, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through places seeking rest, and he finds none. Verse 44 says, then he says, I will return to my house. He calls you a house. Even the devils understand this. <laughs> Even demonic beings understand that you're a house. God's trying to build you into a spiritual house. It says that that unclean spirit says, I'm going to go return home. That says, I will return to my house from which I came. Listen to what happens. He, when he comes, he finds it empty. The unclean spirit found the house empty. How full of the spirit do you have your own? How full of the Spirit. Listen, the Spirit came back. It was empty. I don't know about you. I sometimes run on empty. I got to watch it. And the devil knows when I'm running on fumes. He loves to attack me when I'm tired or when I'm not paying attention. He's, listen, the devil's slick. He comes to steal, clean, destroy. He knows how to get you. He ain't been doing this one day. He's been doing it a long time. Okay? So he comes to the house. He finds it empty. Listen to the other thing he finds. He finds it swept. He found it swept. But what happens is we tend to sweep things under the rug so no one can see it, right? Instead of dealing with it. Then he says, he, he, and he found it in order. So there was an order. See, we have a tendency, I said this in class, that we, we know how to look the part. We can come to church and we look like we're in order. Hmm. I'm telling you. But deep down inside, we're hurting. We're going through some things. I'm still, right now, just listen, I've been, no, the Best, this is one of the, 
were the years that I've been blessed most by God, but it came with some really demonic attacks. I've been through hell this year. You couldn't tell. I don't come in here and cry the blues. I go and I talk to my God in heaven. I've learned if I'm going to cry to anybody, I'm going to cry to the Lord. But I got blessed. I got married. I have a kid. Financially, I'm doing great. But some of the demonic things that happened to me this year, that, that devil likes to come in. Is the house, the house empty? Huh. Is it clean? Is it swept? Is it, and I know, I, I know we have a tendency to come to church and make it look like everything's in order. But really, listen, it's time that when we come home to our spiritual home that we're transparent. Go to your brother and sister in Christ and say, hey, I'm hurting. Pray for me. I mean, one thing is to write your prayer on that note. And I get it, and they pray. But another thing is to go to somebody that knows how to pray and help you go through that. Amen. It's different. It's different than writing a note on that. And I love that. I love that about this church. I'm not knocking what, hear me by the Spirit. What we do is I think that's beautiful because some things are private, right? Maybe, maybe we can't just come out and say that. It takes a little time, a little trust to get through. We should be able to do that in the kingdom of God. Amen? I pray that this word um, edified you tonight. Um, once again, um, listen, I've been in ministry quite a long time. I've had the honor to serve under a bishop, and um, I know a thing or two about church. And um, Grace Tabernacle is the real deal. Okay, say that again. Grace Tabernacle is the real deal. Yeah. Pastor Gary, care, he really does. He cares about this community. He cares about the body of Christ. Like, I'm so grateful and thankful that, I'm here, that, that me and my wife and my my daughter are here. It's a sign. Get ready. Whenever you see something in the natural, come look. You saw one, one young people come. Get ready. There's going to be some more. I'm trying. Trust me. I'm evangelizing. I brought one couple. But um, I did um, with Barb and Bruce come up. We do. We would like to offer if anybody would want prayer. We'd like to, to open up the altar. I know um, we have some awesome elders with Bruce and Barb. So the church people here, the, listen, I know more people on fire for the Lord in this church than ever. You guys are awesome. When I come to wisdom that you guys carry, but I like to call them up. If anybody would like prayer, we're going to close out in prayer, but if you would individually like prayer tonight for something, feel free to come up once I dismiss and close in prayer tonight. And the elders, if there's other elders and I didn't call you by name, I apologize. I know Joe's an elder as well too. I'm getting to know the church. Give me time. It's my home, and I don't even know my, quite know my family quite too well yet. It's on me. I told God I want to be more intentional this year. I want to be more intentional. I got wounded in ministry. I've been hesitant to walk through a door. You know, and I found the peace of God when I walked here. That was my key, that I was home. Let that be your key, too. That when you walk through this building, you feel the peace of God. Amen? God, we thank you for tonight, Father. I pray, we pray for your church, God. We pray for your people. God, we pray that, um, that you release an anointing in this church, God, that's going to break every yoke in the villages, is going to break every yoke in the city of Wildwood and those around us, God. We need, we, need a, we need an anointing to break every yoke, God. This is a time, God, a, the year 2023 is going to be a year of more intimacy, of more time with you, Lord. We pray for Grace Tabernacle, God. We pray that you continue to build these people up into a home, build them up into a household, build them up into a community, God, that's going to advance your kingdom, God. We're citizens of the Most High King, God, in your kingdom, God. We thank you for that, God. We pray for Pastor Gary and his family. 
we pray that, you know, he, it's such a blessing, a great grandfather, God. You get to spend quality time with his family, God, knowing that what you've entrusted into his hands is in the right hands, God. You've sent the right people to him, God. We thank you that you have the right family here, the right home atmosphere here, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Ah, thank you, Pedro. Didn't I tell you guys this was going to be great tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, if you haven't already gone to his class, you can come at any time. And if you know anybody who has an addiction or is dealing with a family member who has an addiction, come to the class. Bring them to the class. You're gonna, they're, they're going to learn something. Every time I, I go to the class, I learn something new things that I never even thought of that he brings out. You did a great job tonight, Pedro. Thank you, Lord. You knew exactly who to pick for this time. We thank you for that. So if anybody wants prayer for anything, we're up here. Um, we just thank God that you are all here tonight, and this was a good time to be with the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, you're dismissed. <laughs> Praise the Lord.